Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. Really good. I almost just reach for something. Well, that's like my mistake. Well, it's my go-to. Like I talk with my hands, and so, anyways. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. <laughs> this is here. We are. It's actually happening. Episode one, the Spurgeon Maniacs official podcast. The the people have been calling for it. The online petitions are are rampant. I'm feeling like a maniac. <laughs> maniac. I mean, what do we? <laughs> maniac. Oh no no. <laughs> We, we will limit the singing as best as we can, I promise. That we... It's not going to be good, though. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, it really all just kind of started with uh, a group on Facebook. Some of, hopefully, some of you that are listening are already part of that group. And it's involved, evolved into what, we, what Josh and I both hope is a, is a fruitful ministry, mm. um, something that really blesses and, and is uh, effective for the church. And, and it's fun, too. Fun to just oh, kind of gather around... Fun. This uh, great name, Charles Spurgeon. And, what a uh, better excuse to hear yourself talk yeah. than to record a podcast. To bless other people. <laughs> to bless other people than to record a podcast. That's what I meant to say. That's right, man. Well, good. Well, we're, we're just really glad you guys are, are here with us, and thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, we just appreciate all the support, and um, and so we're going to just, we're going to dive right in. I want to just yeah. explain real quick, um, just the outline. We, we want this to be meaningful, um, and so we've got basically three segments that Every podcast is going to be divided into. Uh, it's going to begin with a historical piece. We're going to just really uh, kind of unearth in our studies something about Spurgeon, something he did, something that was happening during his his lifetime or his ministry. Um, and, and first of all, just to kind of address that and sort of a, like a look at history. Then the second segment is going to be uh, Josh and I are going to get to dialogue. Yeah. Right? And that's going to be fun. That one's going to be a lot of fun. That's that one will be fun. Completely. The first one, not so fun. Um, no, <laughs> but so that'll be the unscripted part. Really just yeah. like really diving in, uh, maybe asking some questions. Hopefully that'll be engaging for you. And then, and then Josh will finish up with, uh, yeah, what's your part, dude? Biblical Wait. application. Awesome. Yeah. Biblical application. So we'll take, we'll take what, what Spurgeon had walked through kind of during our dialogue and then wrap it up by... Um, getting some biblical grounds to this, because as much as we all love Spurgeon, we all love his sermons, we all love his lectures that he did, um, at, at the core of all of it is because he did a tremendous work for the kingdom of God based off of scripture and what it says. So it would be it would be doing this an injustice if we just looked at the man. That's right. So we're, that's, that's going to be a fun part of it as well. Awesome. Yeah, so hopefully this is extremely engaging for you. Uh, not a boring podcast to listen to by any means, but you also want to have a, a level of seriousness about it too. So hopefully yeah. this is a well-rounded, uh, meaningful uh, show for you. And here we are with episode one, so we're going yeah. to dive right in. Um, any, anything else you wanted to get out of the way before we... I mean, this is the kind of the pilot episode, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm excited because we, you know, doing a little bit of research, no one wants to be the 172nd guy doing the same thing, but there really doesn't seem to be anything out there for podcasts other than people like recording themselves, reading his sermons, That's right. reading his lectures. Yep. No one's really out there talking about the ministry and applying it to today. So I'm super excited to see where this goes Me for too. sure. We, and we have some ideas uh, too, to really make this uh, interesting. We've got several um, awesome brothers that are already 
um, have agreed to be on the show. We're going to interview some some Spurgeon To be scholars. honest, some shocking guys. Some like shocking, I did man. not think like earlier or late last year that I would we would be talking to these people. I'm excited. So Ed Romine, if you're listening, yes, brother, sir. thank you, man. Thank you for your your ministry and and how you are just committed to the gospel. Appreciate your encouragement. Um, I, I'll just mention Jeffrey Chang. Hopefully you're listening too. He, Jeff is the the curator at the Spurgeon Library at Midwestern. Um, we'll just leave it there. We'll let some be some be some surprises yeah. too. Yeah. So um, awesome. All right. So let's let's we'll dive, let's dive into the historical segment. I want to just begin with a question: Have you ever been tricked into preaching? A sermon, because because that was Spurgeon's experience as a young man. It was about 1850. He was regenerated at 15 years old. Immediately began serving the Lord, and how Spurgeon loved the gospel that saved him. Something that permeated through his entire life. It was that same year, 1850, the same year of his regeneration, that he was asked to travel to a, a town called a Teversham. And it was there that he was told that a young man was to preach there who would be glad of the company. In fact, it was an older gentleman that was talking to him. He said, basically said, we, you know, we want you to keep this man some company, give him some company. The next evening, uh, Spurgeon traveled on foot to that town with what turned out to be another teenager, maybe slightly older, older than himself, who, who was the, he accompanied him there. Spurgeon must have thought that this was the young man that he was told would be delivering the message. But soon he found out that this other man had never preached a sermon in his life. And in fact, he would not preach that evening. He dug his heels in and he said, I'm not going to preach. What would Spurgeon do? What would young Spurgeon do, 15 years old? What was he to do in that situation? And what, what would you have done? Just think about that, young preachers, pastors. What would you have done? Now, Spurgeon had taught many Sunday sermons, excuse me, Sunday school lessons, no sermons to this point. And he was told that if he did not deliver the message, there would be no sermon at all. So it was a little bit of a predicament. And I can't imagine even a young Spurgeon, as limited in his experience as he was at that time, ever allowing a flock of God's sheep, big or small, to miss a chance at hearing the sweetness of God's word. He would enter a small cottage with maybe a dozen or so gathered with eager expectation, probably a bit of curiosity at the young man standing before them, what would you have chosen for your text in this situation? For you preachers and teachers that are listening, are you ready at a moment to minister the Word of God to any who have ears? By God's grace, this 15-year-old Charles Spurgeon was full of the Spirit and gospel passion. Now, the text that he chose was 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. It says this, "...unto you that believe, he is precious." Well, he would go on to preach in his lifetime thousands of sermons in a similar manner. And any of you who are familiar with, with Spurgeon's work, you know he expounded often on a single text. And as Spurgeon came to his concluding thoughts with this sermon, he picked up a hymnal to sing, and an older voice interrupted to inquire, what is your age? I love Spurgeon's response. He replied, you must wait until the service is over before making any such inquiries. Let us now sing. I can just, I can just picture Spurgeon. Let's, let's not get sidetracked. Let's not get, let's not get sidetracked by these tertiary issues. Let's, let's focus. And well, they, they sang together, and the question was not forgotten, though. Of course, the woman came back, and she inquired again, and Spurgeon replied to that question, never mind my age. Think of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and his preciousness. Hey, everyone. This will only take a second of your time to tell you about our conference and a special deal. Our conference is officially official. That means our first annual Spurgeon Conference will be held at New City Church, 150 Congress Ave, Bath, Maine, on May 26th and 27th. The first night's going to include an opening to the conference, dinner, and a live recording of Spurgeon Maniacs. The next day will be packed with sessions from James Renahan, Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, and our very own Joel Littlefield. We're going to have giveaways, we're going to have lunch, coffee, and wonderful fellowship with the Saints. Those of you listening to this podcast get a special promo code. Go to our link in the show notes to our Eventbrite page and type in the promo code SPURGEPOD. That's S-P-U-R-G-E-P-O-D, and you will get $20 off that ticket price. We hope to see you all there. Now back to the podcast. Man, what do you think about that, Josh? What, what do we love about this story? To have the wherewithal to not only preach the sermon right off the bat, but to be asked such a, I don't know, to be asked such a question during a sermon and then just being, being on target, not, not wavering from what was before him, but understanding, like, I, I, I mean, me and my own pride would be like, well, I'm only 15 years old, to be honest right, with you. Right. I would have taken that opportunity to show light on myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to know my age and my talent? Um, this is natural for me. Yeah. This is actually my first sermon, 15 years old, too. Can you oh, believe it? Man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, imp- is very impressive, the humility of that moment to not boast in, in the fact that he was so young. Um, it, does, it, it is an interesting thought to think about Spurgeon's sort of public ministry sort of launching in this way at, at an incredibly young age. I mean, I know 15-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some really like mature fifteen-year-olds for sure. I know as some well. mature fifteen-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, and but there, yeah, there there does seem to be uh, a self-control, a presence of the Holy Spirit, giving him a level of maturity that could have only could have only come from God. Yeah, that, that's that's certainly impressive. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, just thinking about his journey there. What one thing I love about the story is the the fact that he was almost tricked, right? So when you read the, so this, is that the is that like that guy, that was his intention. Like you're going to hear a wonderful young man preach. Was that his intention? The, the way that the history, when you read the stories, it, it is certainly it comes across that way. That Spurgeon was tricked into preaching. Um, that that he was told, "Hey, you're going to accompany this man to go and preach." But the intention was actually never. So the dude basically lied, <laughs> <laughs> like to get Spurgeon to preach. Um, interestingly, though, it was right in God's providence. It, it was a launching point for Spurgeon. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's beautiful. Um, what is there anything that it's, that struck you as like you would have done it different? Anything that was? Oh yes, in my uh, thinking back to when I was 15 years old and so incredibly wise, um, there's a lot of things I, I would have done differently for sure. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I, I can't think of a single thing I would have done different. Other than like I said before, um, is that I would have probably, uh, I probably would have mentioned my age. Um, actually, so me personally, I had an opportunity to preach when I was, uh, when I was about, I think I was 17, 18 years old and it lasted all of five minutes, which felt like two hours. Uh, and I just stood there in silence going, uh, uh, um, 
And there was some cheers from the from because this was a youth rally, and they were trying to make me feel better. It did right. not work. Oh my word. So that's what that's what I would have done. Yeah. Uh, at at his age. <laughs> uh, my, my first time preaching was also in, involved with youth, and um, I remember um, I was probably I was probably eight I was probably nineteen actually nineteen or twenty, and um, yeah it was a room full of about thirteen junior high kids, and I remember there was one kid that was such a nuisance that trip uh, I don't know flirting with girls and just being a punk. And uh, I, I, I changed my notes at the last minute and actually changed my entire text at the last minute to rebuke this kid from the stage in my sermon. I like, I even, I even, <laughs> I, I even looked at him and called him out, stop being a punk and flirting with the girls. It was, it was, it was bold. Um, but nonetheless, I think I had a few people come up to me after and say, man, thank you. Just that was just a good sermon. Like, are you kidding me? That's I was like... in the flesh. I was angry at this junior <laughs> high kid, and I was just like, "Here's my opportunity to say something where he has to listen." Yeah, no, nothing like Spurgeon's story, but I don't know. That sounds yeah. fairly Spurgeon-esque <laughs> to 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 change your notes last minute to to address something that that's you've amazing, seen. Man, uh, that's that's good. I I just appreciate this. His his love and his passion for the gospel. Um, this one phrase, never mind my age, think of the Lord Jesus and his preciousness. And mm-hmm. it does sort of follow his pattern through his entire life. Spurgeon was, and I'm sure we'll come back to this dozens of times in, in many episodes, because it's such a prominent piece of Spurgeon's life and ministry that he was so gospel-centered. It was about Christ and it was about the cross. Mm-hmm. And so here he was, 15 years old, first sermon, uh, deflecting all glory from himself and, and pointing to to Christ. How, how, what is this? How can we really encourage Christians? Maybe what are some ways that we can think and share with our listeners? Um, this could be an encouragement for Christians today. I would say almost there's not a time where you shouldn't preach the mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of you know all all of these as much as we break this up into three perfect individual sections they're definitely going to blend together this is mm. a lot that goes into the next one is sure. is second timothy always uh, uh always be ready to preach mm. the word yeah um it doesn't so i think that was predominantly meant for for timothy a young pastor a young elder but christians and i mean even this podcast really if if we were to say we had an aim would be pastors i think as well yeah. as the church and as a whole and christians but um but is definitely be ready to preach the word yeah. you never know when you might be called upon where you look around and you and you see that um the the word needs to be preached mm. um what is that what is the preciousness of christ that you know mm. yeah even that alone is a, is a great encouragement for christians uh, just even kind of rethinking through the preciousness of Christ, that He is He is far more valuable um, than than anything, any any of your talent, anything that you can share. And so the the more we share the preciousness of Christ with people in our message, whether it's a, a formal preaching setting or not, or you have an opportunity that's kind of bizarre like this one, or maybe you're at work and uh, you know God calls upon you to share with somebody. We're, I think we're often tempted to maybe share our testimony, which which mm. is fine. That's not necessarily a negative temptation. But what if what if we were so overwhelmed and overcome by the preciousness of Jesus as as our Savior? That mm. how would that impact people, right? In the, in Spurgeon's situation here, I'm picturing a a dinner table with yeah. I don't know twelve people around it. They're in a, gathered in a little cottage. It was probably not a very other than the 
the last minute nature of it probably wasn't very daunting. You got a sweet little old lady asking about his age, no persecution mm. there. Yeah. But that's not always the case. But what if what if lost people? What if uh, any whoever our audience is? They just what they gathered from our message and our demeanor is that oh, Jesus is precious to us. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? It is, man. Um, what about God's providence, man? I just think part of these episodes we need to keep that sort of center. Where where is God at work in this? I mean, we see Spurgeon's part, but where's man? God is working here. Yeah, I mean, as much as he was tricked, the wisdom of this young man to place him in this position, uh, <laughs> yeah, to place him at this small little cottage. Which did you have you looked it up? Like where the what the cottage yeah. was? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some details, and I've seen it in a few documentaries. And in fact, if like this is one way we can involve our listeners. Like if you're hearing and you're hearing these episodes, and you're like, hey, I got a little more detail. Feel free to share that with us. Like, hey, yeah. I know this about. So yeah, I, I or if you were there, or if you were there, actually, like hmm. spent like some time in England, you kind of followed his path a little bit. Oh, I thought you meant like if you were there. Like no. if you happen to be old if enough, you happen to be 160 years old. I'm proud of you for being so old and even knowing what a podcast is. Actually, so that's that's good. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Say you were on a trip to England, or you live in England, <laughs> and he's like, oh, that cottage is two blocks away from me, yeah. is what I meant, Joel, yeah. but thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. If you were ever there, uh, let us know. That would be cool. But yeah, I mean, I mean, what do you picture? What are you picturing about that scene? Um, we're sidetracking again a little bit, but the providence of God, we, talk, we were talking about that, um, but, and then we kind of circled back <laughs> to the cottage. Uh, what, were, what were you getting at? You were, you were saying oh, something I about was, the providence um, of God. I was get just everything. I think of everything that has to line up. We don't we don't think about the providence of God often enough, um, and uh, I, I attribute a lot of this to what I've heard um, in just kind of apologetic apologetic ministries. Everything that had to have happened, even to have the crucifixion take place. Mm. So it's not just that um, that Jesus had to be. Um, murdered on a cross, but the centurion who was there that said, surely this man was the son of God, like his family, his upbringing, his decisions that led him into being in the military. Mm -hmm. Um, All of all the disciples happened to be where they were, all these things that line up. And so for this particular one, just the providence that led people to sit there, they don't have a huge part in this, in this Mm -hmm. to add to the story other than this young one, this, this older woman who, made such funny questions right right but even the people who just sat there and listened yeah um to not to the yes one of the greatest preachers ever but just to be able to hear the word that Mm. night um i think we we would do ourselves a great service if we thought of god's providence in the everyday scenario and they had no idea what was coming either no that's the that is a very cool part about that like god orchestrated all of that it launched spurgeon's preaching ministry off in an official sense and from there, that what, what, from what I understand is after this one uh, moment in Spurgeon's life, he just began to preach nonstop. People began to hear about this young yeah. man, and then he was, he was preaching. Yeah, um, he was a regularly. pastor less than two years later. It's incredible. <laughs> Any 16-year-old, 17-year-old pastors listening? Um, so yeah, the providence of God. So one way this, can, I think, can encourage as we sort of move into the next segment is... The providence of God, one, let's just say you're younger and you're listening to this. First of all, God is, God is working. Uh, he's working in your life. And if, if you're, let's say you've got older people around you and you're, they're encouraging you to do certain things, and oftentimes we rebel, right? Just understand that God is working. Had Spurgeon said, no, I don't want to go with this guy. No, I got other things to do than this opportunity. Just one little change, one little shift in Spurgeon's willingness to even be a friend. Yeah. 
Like, nah. But he was willing to go just, just to be a companion. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is what happened. And he was ready, mm-hmm. which is also pretty incredible. So the providence of God in the details, the small, minute, seemingly mundane choices that we make. Um, so I think that's an encouragement to, the, to any Christian who's listening. Um, so yeah, God is just so good. What a good story. What an awesome story. So how does this, let's, let's bring this to a biblical ap- application, brother. Yeah. So, I mean, we just think about what, a, thinking about what a remarkable story this was of being thrusted into preaching. Um, I, I know I already told you guys the story of my first sermon and that complete sham of what it was, all the uhs and ums and the kids trying to get me some confidence back. But in, in reality, you know, that just making it a lot worse. Um, also, fun fact, my second attempt was so different that it ended up being over an hour. Um, nice. And it probably, yeah, yeah. It, I think it involved more circles than a frontier family, you know, circling the wagons. <laughs> I, I think there was more circles involved in that sermon than any other sermon preached in all of history. But anyways, all that, when, when we see something like that and we contrast that to this, to this amazing example of C.H. Spurgeon, who not only took of the task on short notice, but delivered an impactful sermon that left those that attended amazed. I mean, what would, what would give someone that much confidence? And what would compel somebody to take up such a daunting task? And as I mentioned before, I believe we find the answer of that in 2 Timothy um, 4.2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Mm. So be ready. This should be our guiding, encouraging, empowering verse for pastors primarily, but for Christians everywhere to be ready to preach the word, regardless of what circumstances you are in. You might find yourself in a small cottage with believers and no one to preach, or you might find yourself in a room of friends and someone is asking a lot of questions that no one seems to know the answers for. We don't know what the Lord has planned for us. That is why we must always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. That's First Peter 3.15. I mean, what a remarkable example of biblical obedience Charles Spurgeon shows us at a mere 15 years old. I think there is something to be said for a certain boldness that comes with youth. Other than that, there is a lot we can learn from this young man. Be bold. Do not waver. In your calling to share the word, for the pastors out there, preach the word to your people. Do not grow weary in this. Week in, week out, be faithful to preach. This is God's amazing gift for you men. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Do not shy from the scriptures. Be faithful to God's word and equip the saints. Amen, man. What a beautiful thing. Yeah, we, ha- we have nothing else like this in, on, on earth. I mean, people can find tremendous success in anything they want to do in business and stuff, but this has a lasting eternal benefit, and it should not be shied away from. It's, yeah. I'm grateful for this piece of history, Spurgeon, that we can look at and see, and, and the biblical application is clear. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for wrapping that up and bringing that home. First Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.4.2, preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Awesome. 
hopefully, hopefully you guys are encouraged um, listening to this and and just reminded of a few pieces of, uh, of of history that we can cling to, and then to know that it's it's also there. It is in the Word. It's in God's Word for us to follow. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's awesome, man. All right, brother. Let's wrap up episode one. Awesome. So some ways you can get in touch with us. We do have that public Facebook page, Spurgeon Maniacs. Give us a follow over there. You'll see a lot of content that we're pushing out. Uh, we also have that private Facebook page under the same name, Spurgeon Maniacs. Uh, you can request to join and you can fellowship and share and talk with other Spurgeon Maniacs that are out there. If you do have any questions or you do have any comments about the episode, you can do podcast at SpurgeonManiacs.com and we'd love to hear from you there as well. And then give us that five-star review on your favorite podcast player. That would really help us out. Awesome. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. Later, man.